it's funny how we all react differently to what's judgmental and what's not judgmental. And, you know, somewhere, you know, it starts over here and goes way over here. And it's probably the case in every, I think probably every person that's been here this morning in all three services have heard at one time or another, let's not judge. Maybe from mom, maybe from dad, maybe from a minister, maybe from a teacher, maybe from somewhere else. However, we pro- probably not everybody knows that Jesus really did say something like that in one of his, if not his most famous, one of his most famous sermons, Sermon on the Mount. And uh, so I'm just going to take you, I'm going to show you that. It's uh, Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to show you that uh, in this, as, as you have heard, we're doing this series of messages through the, through the Sermon on the Mount. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to show you what the Bible says, what Jesus says. Tell you what judging is not, what Jesus didn't mean, what it is. Give you a couple of bullets to think about that a little bit and tell you a few little stories in the middle. And, uh, and then we're, we gotta, we're going to end with some, just a great song that I think just kind of drives the point home. So that's kind of going to give you a little preview here. I, as, as, take what, I don't always do that, but I'm going to do that now. So let's just jump into this. I want, to, I want you to see this. It's uh, Matthew chapter 7, uh, beginning in verse 1. Here are the words of Jesus. Stop judging others, and you will not be judged. For others will treat you as you treat them. Whatever measure you use in judging others, it will be used to measure how you are judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? This is about as strong as Jesus gets right here. Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log from your own eye. Then perhaps you'll see well enough to deal with a speck in your friend's eye. Pretty strong words there toward the end in the last verse. All right, very quickly, um, very simply, Jesus is not teaching relativism here. He's not saying that there aren't any moral absolutes. There there aren't any moral guidelines. We may disagree on some details, and we won't go into that now, but I think we all can agree there are certain morality issues which certain things are wrong and certain things are right. I think we can all agree on some basic ones. I mean, John Adams, one of our founding fathers, called it natural law. Uh, actually, I don't, think he, I don't think he initiated that term, but he, they, when they were framing the Constitution, and one of his points, and even this wasn't agreed on then, which is really hard to believe, one of his points was, I think he said, I believe it is natural law to know that one human being shouldn't own another. Um, pretty clear. I think we all can agree on that. There are certain things about morality that are very clear. Jesus makes those things very clear for us. So he's not saying, well, you know, your truth is okay, and my tr- that's your truth, and that's okay. It's not okay if it, if it involves me going out and blowing people up. That's not okay. I don't care if it is your truth. It's not good. It's not right. It's, it's wrong. So he's, Jesus isn't saying, you know, well, we can't judge. He's just saying, stop judging others. I'm going to show you what he does mean in a moment, but he's not saying that everything's relative. He's not saying that. He's not teaching, do your own thing. Just do your own thing, and that's okay. He's not teaching that. He's not saying that his followers can't have strong beliefs and strong opinions. He's not saying that you can't have strong beliefs and strong opinions. He can't say, he's not saying that. Nor is he saying that you can't, and this is something that a lot of you deal with every day, if not every week, He's not saying that you shouldn't make judgments as to, to how, for you to 
Consider how much you're going to be involved with this person or this group of people or this company. And you know what I mean by that. We have to make, some of you make judgments like that, make calls like that every week, if not every day. Jesus isn't saying you shouldn't do that. You have to do that. On a business level, sometimes you have to do that on a personal level. Sometimes you have to make those calls. How, how, this group, this person, this group of people, they have a tendency, I have a tendency to do things that I really shouldn't be a part of when I'm with him or them. I need to maybe limit that influence. We, we all have to make those calls, and it, we should. We should. Jesus is not saying that we overlook what is wrong or that we wink at wrongdoing and go on our merry way by saying, well, we can't judge. Well, I would probably put it to you this way. Your kid comes home from school and they've got, you know, they're kind of disheveled and they're kind of scratched up from being in a fight and, and they have failing grades. And what are you going to say? Well, I can't judge. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I think you are going to make some judgments and you should and some actions. All right. So that's what it's not. What is Jesus saying here? And that's, that's really where we need to spend more time. Jesus is condemning judgment based on appearance. That's what he's doing. He says, don't, don't judge based on appearance. Don't judge based on what you don't know. Don't judge based on biases that you might have. It's funny. Um, two stories from earlier services okay, today. One is IT guy, uh, fairly successful. Um, he, he, he gets... Really, because you know we do this all the time. We we all do this. I do it. We all do it. I, I I sometimes can get away with other things. But you know, you're at a party, and what do you do? You meet somebody. Ha! Oh, who are you? I'm rich. My name's Rich. Oh yeah. What do you? Have? What do you do? You know, I do it. And I catch myself, and I'm like, I hate doing this, but I do. I'm I can get away with some other stuff because I'm a minister. I can say, so how's your life? I've learned that in certain parties you don't want to ask that if somebody's had too many drinks because you may be there the rest of the night. But um, not. Because of you, but you know. Anyway, um, so yeah, what do you do? So uh, one guy told me he just get he got he get, has gotten so irritated by that that he uh, now will say, and depending on the circumstance, he'll say. So I'll say, what do you do? And he'll say, oh, I'm an adult film star, and then he'll just kind of walk away <laughs> and see what kind of response that he gets. I don't recommend that, by the way. I don't recommend that you do that. Let me just say that. But, I mean, he just got so irritated. Now, usually, I said, well, do you ever go back and correct them? And he says, well, yeah, I usually do. But sometimes, you know, if I really get irritated, I don't. Uh, another guy, and this is, this is a short hill story, um, he was, this guy was in the textile industry. And basically, to, to make a long story very simple, he, was, he would deal with huge quantities of socks, literally. I mean, socks, like, you know, sock socks, you know, that kind of socks. And, and so what he would do, he would be in some of the, some of the certain parties around here, Short Hills guy, and, uh, and what he would do oftentimes in parties, people would say, what do you do? And he would say, I'm a sock broker. <laughs> and depending, again, on the circumstances, whether he would go back and correct that, I mean, you know, it was, he was being honest. Obviously, they understood something than what he really meant, but it was one way for him to get around some of that. We make judgments so many times based on that kind of stuff. I've done it. 
I had a guy, uh, he's a good friend, so I can tell the story. I can't tell some stories, and sometimes when I do, I have to change things around because of the Internet. And people get on there, and they listen, and, and every now and then, if you slip up, you get a phone call or an email. What are you doing talking about me? Anyway, this guy won't care. He, um, he came to uh, our church in, in Colorado, and first time I met him, I said, so uh, what do you do? He said, oh, you know, he said, I just I work with my hands a lot. I like to tear stuff, build stuff up, tear it down, build it again, just... You know, carpentry type stuff, stuff like that. I just like doing that. That's what I do. And I'm thinking, the, the obvious thing that I'm thinking is the same thing that most Well, you think, well, he's a, you know, blue-collar guy. Not, not making a judgment about that. It's probably salt-of-the-earth kind of guy, blue-collar kind of guy. You know, and I later learn, and he later becomes a close friend, that he does work with his hands a lot, and he does build things and tear them down and and he did that throughout most of Naples, Florida. So you get some idea of what we're talking about here in terms of uh, you own four or five construction companies. And so, you know, a little different than my first appearance and my first judgment. And we laughed about that many times after that and so forth. Jesus is condemning the fact that judgment should not be based on appearances. Those are innocent ones. Sometimes they're not so innocent, are they? And we see somebody, we meet somebody, and because of the appearance or because of this or because of that, we come to some conclusion. Jesus says, don't do that. Don't, base, don't judge based on appearance. Don't judge based on ignorance, what you don't know. Don't judge based on your own personal biases, you know, that you have toward maybe where that person hails from or where that, you know, where that person, what, where he, their home is or what kind of work they do or what kind of business they're in. Um, I, I was told that in some parts of our area here, I won't mention the towns, you know, it does, it, you, you, sometimes people make judgments based on what town you come from around here. And sometimes in some of the towns, and I found this to be true, in some of the towns they make judgments based upon what, you know, what street you live on, in some cases where you live on that particular street. And, uh, and, and you know, there's a lot of truth to that. And there's just, you, you really just don't go there. You say, well, it's a fact of life, isn't it? You know, it might be, but there's just so much more to what you don't know. Jesus is condemning judgment based upon appearances. You're going to have an opinion, that's fine. But not judge. Jesus is telling us we're not to condemn. That's really what he's telling us. Don't condemn. We don't, we don't condemn verbally or in our mind or in our heart. You say, but yeah, but what this person did was really bad. You know what? God will take care of that. No, and, 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 and unless you're a judge, which we have a couple, um, unless you're a judge or, or something where you have to make, make that decision, then you don't really have to be too concerned about it. And judges, they just have to go by what the law says. So Jesus is telling us, don't always assume the worst. Jesus is telling us, really, particularly from this verse, Jesus is telling us, keep an aggressive eye inwardly. That's the most important judgment you're going to make. Keep an aggressive eye toward your own inner life. That's why he says what he does when he says, get rid of the log from your own eye, then perhaps you'll see well enough to help find the speck in your friend's eye. So, so that's what's happening here. Jesus is, is condemning judgment based upon appearances, based on ignorance, based on biases. He's, he says we're not to condemn. You know, and that's hard sometimes, particularly when you see some of the stuff and experience some of the stuff we see in life and, and, and have people do it. It's hard not to condemn, but that's not for us to do. Now, 
And, and you know, so many times, let me just say that, that so many times is what happens in this thing called church. As we make judgments and someone comes in with a particular kind of background or have had uh, some failures in this way or in that way, and, and we start making judgments. And, and, and that's exactly what, what Jesus says not to do. Okay, let me show you these three real quick bullets, and then I, I'm going to do something I haven't done in a long time, and that's I, I wrote a prayer for us here. But um, revolutionary grace, that's what we're talking about, revolutionary grace. Revo- and real simple, revolutionary grace strives for inward honesty. Strives for inward honesty. That's not always easy. Because we are built oftentimes in such a way that we want to just cover up. Maybe we want to judge other people by their actions, but we want to judge ourselves by our attitudes. When the truth is we, 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 we really can't do that we got to really do some inward stuff. So we have to ask God to help us with that. And sometimes by God's help, the Holy Spirit working within us, sometimes with a friend to help us with that in a non-condemning way, key phrase. Maybe that's a mate. Maybe that's a best friend. Maybe that's a therapist. Maybe that's someone else. Sometimes we have to look inwardly. And when I'm on, I, I, let, me just, let me just reassure you, you're not always going to like what you find. That's just, just, that's, just, that's just the truth. Revolutionary grace strives for inward honesty. Revolutionary grace seeks to build. It seeks to build up, not fault find. What is it about people, many people, that they think that they have some kind of a special gift of fault-finding. They think nobody can find fault like they can. You know anybody like that? They, they're just so, just so quick, and they're so good at pointing it out. You know, and, and judgmentalism isn't a problem for you. You just want to just smack them, you know. And uh, that's not usually the best way to handle that either. Uh, I don't really think it's ever the best way to handle that. But, but there are those kind of people. But here, the issue is I don't want to be one. Seek to build up, not just fault find. Now, that doesn't mean that we ignore the truth. That doesn't mean that we don't give the hard lesson, the hard message. That doesn't mean that we just cover over stuff. But we do it in a way to build up. That's huge. And you know what? When you think about it, that's a very difficult challenge. And we need people in our lives who can do it, who will speak the truth, but do it in a way that's building up. Even the hard lessons, even the hard truth. Third thing about revolutionary grace. Revolutionary grace strives for inward honesty, seeks to build up, not fall. It seeks to restore, not condemn, not cause guilt. That's important. I don't know where and I don't know how. I, I do know, but I, I, it, it, it's so hard to understand why the church in general has become such a, a, a guilt prodder, a guilt inducer. You know, obviously it works in, to some level, uh, whether it be the church or whether it be your mom or whether it be your dad or, or, or somebody. Guilt can work for a while. It's not healthy. And you could make an argument in the end it really doesn't work, but it might get a temporary result to, to motivate by guilt. Jesus never does that. Guilt's a wonderful thing. When I feel guilty, most of the time I am. 
and then I can deal with it. Whether that be something between me and God or something between me and my wife or my friend or whomever. That's the sole purpose of guilt, to help me understand I've done wrong. Now I want to deal with it. It's not, we're not to live in it. We're not to motivate by it. We're not to cast it and put it up on somebody else. I mean, and, that's, and yet it's so, easy. it's so easy for some people to do. You know, it's, it's really the opposite of placing blame when we talk about, you know, seeking to restore. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who, who's going to be blamed here or, or, or anything like that. Revolutionary grace strives for inward honesty. It seeks to build up, not fault find. It seeks to restore, not condemn, not cause guilt. Let's talk about this prayer that we're going to pray in just a minute. Well, I'm going to pray. And maybe one or two of you might pray along with me in your heart. I just want to go through it very quickly. And, and uh, well, I won't be just... Just follow along. This prayer I wrote, um, really for myself. I'm going to share it with you. And uh, you might want to make it your prayer. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't think it would hurt. Um, I hope you will. And it starts like this. May God make me the kind of person who can overlook the pettiness that often leads to wrong judgments. You ever do that? You, get, you just start majoring on the minors and you get looking at the petty things. And then you make wrong judgments. And then you're in trouble. You make a mess. May God give me the strength that I need to, com- to confront the real wrongs in life in a non-judgmental way. That's key, man. That is a, that is a, that is a mouthful. God, give me the strength to confront the real wrongs in life in a non-judgmental way. Not preachy, not condescending, not I know better than you, but in a non-judgmental way. May he give me, uh, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is a tough prayer. May God give me the incredible bravery that I need to look honestly inward while having the humility to bring whatever I find to Christ for cleansing and for renewal. Do you ever look inward and not like what you see? I do all the time. It's called confession. Because we're all sinners. We're all short of the mark that God has for us. If not outwardly, certainly inwardly. And may God help us to cling to His grace both in receiving and in giving. Help me, to, help me to know God's grace and to receive it in my own life and to give it out in how I live. Let's go through that again. May God make me the kind of person, say it, you know, make us the kind of people who can overlook the pettiness that often leads to wrong judgments. May He give us the strength needed to confront real wrongs in a non-judgmental way. May he always give us the incredible bravery needed to look honestly inward while having the humility to bring whatever we find to Christ for cleansing and for renewal. And may God help us to cling to his grace, both in receiving it and giving it out. I'm going to get the band to come up, and I'm going to pray one more time. God, 
we, we are humbled by the grace that you give us. We are in awe of the fact that Jesus came for each one of us. And he came, he could have, he, you could have judged all of us, God, because we're all, we all fall short, but you didn't. You come to us in love and in grace. And then you ask us to act and to live accordingly as we receive your forgiveness. God, I, I thank you for that grace. I thank you that I need it all. And I pray for myself and each one of us here that as we receive it, we would give it in every, in every area of our life, just that we would be permeated by your grace. We do pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.